You're listening to The Mint Project, the podcast to elevate your knowledge on pregnancy and postpartum fitness, nutrition, and more, along with parenting, business, and advice to keep you living your best life. The Mint Project is led by your expert trainers, Betsy Jones, Kara Forrester, and Jess Carr. With that said, let's do this. Oh, I was just talking to a friend the other day. She was, you know, saying that her kids haven't been listening to her and, you know, kids go in these cycles and they all decide to not listen all at once. And um, I was telling her how the other day Kaya was telling me, mom, you never let me do any of the things I want to do. And I'm like, really annoyed by that. Because first of all, I'm like, we always do the things that you want to do. Like, most of the things we do are the things that you want to do. Right. And then I realized, like, she's five. She does not understand that when she's, like, she's speaking in absolutes, you know? Right. Like, she doesn't yeah. understand what, the, like, never, you know? I'm like, yeah, really? you say no once, and that means that. Yeah. you don't let her do anything. <laughs> that is worse. so real at this age. <laughs> but then They're my just... friend's like, well, then they say it to you at 15, and they actually know what they're talking about, and they still yeah. say it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dang yeah. it. It's Why? just fun. I lost it on Mila the other day and I don't remember what it was. It'll come to me. But like, it was just like, you know, when you get to that limit, like I wasn't respond, I wasn't reacting. I was like being patient. And then it was like the last straw and I just exploded. I I felt that way about the bed the other day that I make every morning. I'm the only one who makes it. It's fine. It's okay. It matters to me. It doesn't matter to anybody else. Oh, and that's okay. Yeah. But then crew rested on the bed and um, left the bed and then the bed was torn up and I walked into the room and audibly went so hard. (laughs) I tensed my body so hard that you guys, I threw my neck out. Oh my God. (laughs) That's like, I've hit a level. It's time to go sit in the sauna for an hour by myself. Like I need need some alone time. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of that that meme or that thing that you can add to a reel. It's of that lady who's like silently screaming. She's like, Oh yeah. It's so funny. So funny. It's like me when I'm overstimulated or something and I and I'm trying to be patient. She's just yeah. like screaming. That's Have you guys funny. seen I've seen memes of it and a friend of mine was like venting to me the other day about her experience with getting a car seat into the car when you forgot oh that it wasn't gosh. in there and you're like oh, oh gosh or so stuff's worst. going wrong and then yes. you get to put the kid in the car and remember that you had taken the car seat out just <laughs> and then try and maneuver oh. that thing like, that after when you finally get it in then you have to go find your kid find the kid oh my god <laughs> she said that her kid she said that her two-year-old during this was like climbing around in the car and went to like hit the gear shift that it's a, oh my for some reason in that car, the gear shift would like make the car roll forward. Oh that's my so God. Scary. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm I know, out of car seats, that ladies. That's yeah, nice, so that's happy for you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it was a long road, but we're here. Is a booster for Kaya or is she in a full on seat still? Yeah, and in the car, we have a booster for her. And then in the truck, she's still in her car seat because we don't have two boosters. That's why. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. She prefers riding in the car now because she wants to keep it, girl. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast in and of itself, just like car seat Mm -hmm. struggles. 
car seats <laughs> yeah. when you change them and what the rules are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. crazy. It's like so overwhelming. And then you have those people all over Instagram that love to comment. If you do any kind of oh, picture yeah. or video in your car, mm-hmm. they're like, <gasps> that oh is incorrect. God. And I'm like, okay. Thank you. I'm like, do you know Maybe. what we rode in when we were kids? Because we like sat in the back of a pickup truck and drove yeah. around. Yeah. So it's fine. It's fine. It's been a long ways. Yeah. Uh, yes. So today we're going over a review of studies that were questioning the connection between diastasis recti and low back pain. So the hypothesis is that because rectus abdominis, which is basically your ab muscles, uh, is considered a main contributor in lumbar and pelvic stability, that if that's having issues, then you would inadvertently have low back pain. So Kara, will you just explain the anatomy of like the pelvis, abdominal, um, wall, things like that for us really quick? Yeah. So basically you have, there's a bunch of different layers and different muscles involved in the core and the pelvic floor, but they all work together as a team to help with stability um, and movement and just to protect your back and all your structures in your core to help with movement and power and stuff. Um, your rectus abdominis are the things that you think of as your six pack abs. Um, so they run down the length of your stomach um, and then they're connected, they're two halves and they're connected in the middle by a piece of fascia called the, the linea alba. And that piece of fascia is what thins and um, spreads apart as if you're pregnant, as your baby grows. And that's what creates room um, in your core for that growing baby. And so oftentimes um, that gap can get really big. And just spewing another fact here, if you reach 35 weeks of pregnancy, you will have some kind of a diastasis. So whatever you do or whatever you're told, there's no way that you can actually avoid that um, if you hit 35 weeks of pregnancy, but there's things that you can do to mitigate it. That's a whole nother topic. But um, yeah. and some, yeah, no, some perfect. women... Yeah, some women, their diastasis returns, or I mean, their diastasis heals on its own. Um, some women, it, it doesn't. And so that's what this study is about, is to really see if that diastasis being there, and they define it as anything more than a two centimeter gap. Actually, there was a lot of different definitions of mm-hmm. actually yeah. what the diastasis we'll get into is. That. Yep. Yeah, but basically, like easy, the most easy way to say it is if it's more than a two centimeter gap, then you're considered to have a diastasis. And then does that correlate to lower back pain? Because maybe your muscles are not functioning as well. They're not able to hold the tension as well, not able to um, distribute the pressure as well and to support your structures because they have been compromised by being stretched Mm -hmm. and thrown out of whack by the human growing in there. So, yeah. Rainers, did you know that 85% of women will become pregnant in their lifetime? This means that you will work with pregnant and postpartum clients. So get the information you need to safely and effectively guide your clients through this chapter of their fitness journey and become an expert in the space. Not only will you learn about movement, you'll learn about nutrition and mindset from fertility through pregnancy to postpartum, as well as how to market yourself as a professional in this space. You'll interact with the Mint experts throughout the course, giving you the guidance and accountability to finish and get to work. Head to the mintproject.com and go to the education tab to learn more. Perfect. 
Yeah. So the study, and it actually wasn't a study. It was like a literary review of multiple different studies. Um, what they did is they looked for studies that had already discussed this correlation and looked at it. So they found a total of 207 that looked at these these two things together. And then they cut that down based on their quality and relevance to 34 on a variety of different reasons for each one. Um, so all in all, we're looking at 13 total studies here and their findings. Um, the findings, I'm just going to jump to those because I think there's a lot to say about the findings or like when you look at one of these, there's basically a summary up at the top. Um, and then you can read all the details of how they came to that summary. So the summary and the data that that was come up with, um, which is really what's to be, I mean, if you want to deep dive into this, like the data is what matters. But then when you start to read about it, there's a lot of like question marks that come up. So the data was, and the review said that 61.5% of the studies said that there was no correlation. And then 38% uh, found correlation. So... I mean, if you, if you want it black and white, it says that there was no correlation, but there were a ton of different things to be considered in this study. Um, one of the first ones that I looked at was you would start seeing this trend of um, how very specific the field got on what they could actually review. So for example, only 11 of the 13 studies actually even had a definition of diastasis. And throughout those, there were at least four different methods and definitions used. So there's a lot of gray area within what exactly are we calling diastasis? How are we testing it? And do we even know what we're calling it? And the same with low back pain, like how how they measured mm -hmm. low back pain and um, how they defined that same thing there. Each study kind of have it, had its own way of defining that. Yeah. Yeah, it almost seems like we need a new study, like a better <laughs> study that's not just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was getting confused reading how they like weeded out some of the studies. And by the time they got down to what they were actually looking at, it seemed like the um, like the sample size was so small. But mm -hmm. if you if you do like take a step back and look at the overall like. What's the word I'm looking for, like gr bigger scale of things it seems like there's more of a correlation than what they actually came out with because they had to weed out so much of the people mm -hmm. involved and the studies involved. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting too, that in the conclusion they said, or in the, the major conclusion at the beginning of the study, they said that there, they found there was like 8% or eight of the studies, right. Said there was no correlation and five said that there was. But then later in the article, when they were talk, uh, talking in the conclusion, they said that the majority of the participants, so mm -hmm. if you just didn't care mm -hmm. about the number of studies, but more oh, participants yeah. found that there was a correlation with yeah. low back pain and diastasis recti yeah. than did not. And so it's not really about like, I would take it more as like how the number of people rather than the number of studies, because some of those studies yeah. um, had more people in them than others. Mm -hmm. I hope that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there were 2,820 patients overall within all the studies and the nine, 1,989 of those were in the studies that found correlation and only 831 in the ones with no correlation was the data that it quoted there. And even at the end of, end of that paragraph where it points that out, it says, this might warrant 
further investigation and then later on says um, it seems that the correlation appears to be real. So it's, it's funny because, you know, I don't know the process of how these, especially why well, I, I don't know how the process of the um, studies work, but even these reviews, it seems the author is saying, I mean, kind of seems like there is something <laughs> there. Right. But yeah. we got to do more research. Uh, <laughs> right. It's like they, they can't tell you a hundred percent, but yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, they talk about, they do talk about, obviously this affects mainly postpartum women or pregnant and postpartum women. Um, mm. and then they give some other areas where like core instability, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit, but like core instability would also affect low back pain. And those things mm -hmm. are obviously very similar. Like if you're dealing with diastasis, you likely your core is not fully where it should be in terms of strength. Um, and I'd also be really curious to like, how long have these people been dealing with diastasis and how long have they been dealing with low back pain? And as they've started to work on, hey, we could start, we should start uh, working on core strength because mm -hmm. that should help with low back pain, which I know all of us have seen that Mm -hmm. in the gym with like assessing people, 70 to 99% of people that I see in the gym who have low back pain, it stems from their core, core or maybe, yeah. yeah, a core instability. I mean, that's, um, that's the first place you go typically is Absolutely. like, let's work yeah. on your core. Yeah. There might core, be a time where their hamstrings. hips are out of whack. Yeah, their hamstrings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Pelvic stuff, they don't yeah. have them. They don't have the mobility to like the range of motion. And so it starts impacting their low back. But mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, to me, it seems like it's a, it should be a pretty conclusive, like that makes sense type of situation. Yeah. Well, yeah. even in the study, it says that an excessive skin and laxity of the fascia. So that oh, yeah. alba that stretches out um, in the abdominal region of those with diastasis have been shown to strain the lower the lumbar back region, thus creating pain. So, and there's yeah. also a decreased uh, contractile function of the transverse abdominis, which is kind of like that natural muscle belt um, in your body that can last for up to at least four months post-delivery. So that's interesting too. That just mm -hmm. goes back to, you know, when you're coming back, make sure that you're taking the time to train your core, reconnect your body with those muscles, retrain your deep core um, so that you're building a strong foundation um, for whatever fitness or lifestyle that you want to do. Sure. Yeah, that's such a good point, Kara, that a lot of the times we think, oh, I have diastasis, I have low back pain. Okay, well, yeah, what can we do to address it postpartum? That's why it's, like you said, so important to follow something or at least be working with someone who can help you reconnect your core. Your body has just gone through so much. And if we're just jumping back in, our core is not ready for the training that we were doing before. It's likely weaker it's likely we aren't connecting to it as much because we lost some of that while it made room for the baby and so following something where you can progress back and build that core strength back is going to help you probably help you avoid some of that that low back pain if you're a busy mom who wants to get strong keep up with your kiddos not to mention look and feel amazing without spending hours in the gym we have good news. Our program, Mom Strong by Mint Strength and Conditioning, is the perfect program for all of the above. Designed with the busy mom in mind, this four-day-a-week program can be done at the gym 
or at home during nap time in 45 minutes. It is time to get mom strong. For all the details, head to themintproject.com. It was interesting when I read that it said that um, the how to improve that motor control and some of the exercises that could be done would be low threshold stabilizing exercises, isometric and dynamic exercises, which is exactly, and Kara, I'll let you speak to this, but like, that's what a lot of the six phase program is written around. Yeah, definitely. It definitely starts you in those stabilization and deep core things, learning how to breathe and reconnect you to your core and then slowly building in other dynamic things as you go, more compound movements as you go yeah. building that foundation. Kara, can you, because I know a lot of people out here maybe would think like, oh, breathing exercises and core work are different things, which I mean, depending on how you look at them, they are different or they are the same, but can you kind of explain the differentiating things between those isometric, why those isometric breathing exercises are important and why they're different than what you may see as like ab exercises? Yeah. So it's really about putting the two things together. Like you can, you can train abs and core all day. Um, but if you are not getting those deep muscles involved and the way that you do that is through proper breathing mechanics, even oftentimes we think, okay, train the core. I'm going to train my rectus abdominis. You know, those muscles that I talked about, the six pack abs, you want to train the full core as a team that includes your back. That includes a little, you know, some of your lats that includes your pelvic floor to work with all those muscles as a team, then that full team is being engaged and is being strengthened, strengthening that deep core, which will then, you know, the effects will go out from there. Yeah. And it's like, it's not the, it's not the sexiest things that you're working on, right? In that early postpartum era, but it's the things that get you back to the sexy movements without you know, the pain, which is, I think, frustrating for people. We actually had a client recently at the gym that joined very early postpartum. We were taking her through those really early and she just wanted to do other things and didn't want to keep going. And, you know, like (laughs) it sucks. Like I'm like, and there was no like talking her into it because she had done that with her last baby. And it's like, well, okay, now we got more stress because now this is your second or third baby. Mm -hmm. And so just give it a chance, right? Like, and you know, and you'll get there. Yeah. I think it's hard too, like what you're saying, it's not sexy, like, because it's not going to get you losing the baby weight, (laughs) learning how to breathe properly, you know, learning how to engage your deep core. And that's really what we should be saying when we say breathe properly. It's it's not going to do all that stuff. What it is, is it's a protective, it's a protective, um, longevity. It's like a mm-hmm. prehab thing. Um, and that none of that stuff is fun to do. No one loves right. to do prehab. No one loves to no. do mobility. Nobody um, likes to warm those up. Are the, at Waterpalooza, exactly. there's a warm-up club apparel <laughs> line that like, yeah, I that's know, popular. That's so me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've had to start getting more into like specifically yep. warming up um, yes. just from, from some shoulder and upper neck and back things that I've had going on. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I used to just, you know, 
do a few burpees. Sorry, girl, you're getting old out, with but... with, the, with these old TVs. Yeah, I know. I just made a post. To, I just made up. Yeah, a, yeah. Did. that was good. Just made that a post good. about how I now have to actually warm up because <laughs> yeah, you have to specific really... to what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just do a quick what I'm general doing. warm up. Yeah, right, right. Um, well, but but yeah, and I and I think too, like there are those people that can jump back into it, and they're fine or maybe they seem fine in my mind i would personally rather take the slow route so that i can be strong later rather than speed through everything now and then have problems later on so that's what i'm yeah. talking mm -hmm. about when i'm saying to train for longevity do the prehab um yeah and i always tell my clients like <laughs> these first few weeks are going to be pretty boring sorry yeah like you know and i do do some stuff with them get their heart rate up like let's let's do some rowing let's do some biking you know so that they leave feeling like oh that was a good workout without compromising their core their pelvic floor while they're mm -hmm. still learning and still um really healing that area mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point you can add in little things that will help you feel that kind of sweaty or, you know, getting your heart rate up type of workout while still really prioritizing the things that are important early postpartum. And yeah, it's, you have to think long-term. And like you said, yeah, some, maybe you can jump right back in and be totally fine, but mm -hmm. maybe not. So why don't we just be better safe than sorry? I think my other rant around this too, what I've seen a lot in not really, I guess, yeah, kind of the fitness industry or health industry. And this isn't really necessary, necessarily related to diastasis, but in working on things when you have some sort of like um, mobility issue or some like limitation like diastasis, or maybe that's a mobility limitation and it's impacting how you feel or giving you, causing you pain. It's this like, hey, just go get a massage or just ice it or just take mm -hmm. ibuprofen and then you'll be fine when really it's about addressing these root issues with which is the same as this addressing the root issue of why we have the diastasis and how because like you said all pregnant women will have a diastasis at some point so let's work on the root issue instead of just trying to put a band-aid on it yeah. yeah so i yeah in conclusion about this study so i'm just going to kind of read what it said at the end um it says from our review, most studies did not find an association um, between diastasis and low back pain, um, but there was a positive association in three quarters of patients in the included studies. Mm -hmm. um, so interesting. So it says two different things, and then based on the quality of the studies included in our review, better studies are warranted to understand the association. So basically it's saying, yes, there could be an association, um, and there's a, you know, Studies are are interesting. I think oftentimes we think like, oh, it's in a study. It's it's science. That's how mm -hmm. it is. Science are fa is fact. But there's a lot of different ways that you can manipulate studies. Like Betsy was talking about earlier, the way that you define things, the way that you measure things, um, all that kind of stuff can kind of make a difference. So really just um, if you are wondering, you know, should I take the time to work on healing my diastasis? There's just some facts for you. You can think about them. Um, but really, I think the thing that stood out to me in the study was that the core structure is compromised during pregnancy and um, could really benefit from rehab postpartum. All right, guys. So we will um, put the link to that study in the show notes per usual. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening to The Mint Project. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at The Mint Project. Project is spelled P-R-J-C-T. You can also visit our website for free resources, courses, merch, and more at themintproject.com. Until next time, keep crushing it. Hey, Mint Mamas and Trainers, if you enjoyed our information, you will love our programs and resources. We have a pregnancy fitness program, postpartum program, along with guides on movement modifications and nutrition, all designed to help you safely and effectively stay active through pregnancy and return to exercise postpartum. You can even bundle our programs and save so that your full journey is covered. You can find all of these resources at themintproject.com.